0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DePolo. I'm the Senior Editor here at BreastCancer.org, and I'm very, very excited today. We have some special guests, Michelle Pick, who is a veterinary grief counselor at the University of Pennsylvania, Ryan Vet School, and her therapy dog, Vivian, is also here with us. So if you hear some tags jingling or some little snuffling, that's Vivian saying hello. So welcome, Michelle. It's very nice to have you. Thank
1: you. It's so great to be here.
0: Now, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Because you do therapy dog work, and then you're also the grief counselor. So how does this all fit together?
1: Um, So I've actually been counseling folks for a little over 13 years. Um, My background is in clinical psychology. I did some master's work in that Um, and uh, actually my first master's was in psychology and um, that got me into counseling. I did with a lot of different um, populations and one of which was folks who had cancer or their family members who had cancer. I used to run a support group for people going through making the decisions of radiation um, or coming out of remission or um, deciding to go with chemotherapy and all the ups and downs of that and um, trying to be there uh, to help families be as supportive as possible as well. Um, And this was probably about 10 years ago, Um, and fast forward to about 2009, my dog was diagnosed with lymphoma. Um, We made the decision to go ahead with chemotherapy, and she did fantastic, spent about two years on chemo. Um, And during that process, I started to talk to other folks in the waiting room at uh, Penn Vet where she was being treated and realized that, you know, talking to other people in that situation, um, a lot of the similar emotions were involved um, with the people that uh, I worked with in the support group that were making these decisions for themselves. In fact, many of the people I have spoken to, they themselves were cancer survivors, so it made it an additional level of um, difficulty in making these kind of decisions for their pets that they loved, who actually were huge confidants for them getting through their own treatment. So now they felt like this was their chance to uh, give back to their pets in the same way that their pets were able to be such an integral part of their own healing process. Um, so, you know, from that point, I started running a uh, two different support groups, a pet grief loss support group and also uh, a group I called Cleo's group, which was after my dog Cleopatra that had lymphoma. Um, and it was more of a, like a cancer support group for people whose pets were going through it. Okay. Um and you know we've since expanded to, to include other uh, terminal illnesses and other serious illnesses um, as well. But the majority of the clients that come through are there for their um, their pets uh, that have cancer. Um, and in addition to that. Through my work as the Veterinary Grief Counselor, I am lucky enough to be able to co-direct the um, Vet Pets Program, which is an animal-assisted activities program. We do some therapy dog work. Um, Our major partner is with the uh, Ronald McDonald House of Philadelphia. So every Wednesday we go up and visit the kids, visit the families. Is it the volunteers? Um, you know, sometimes even, uh, you know, even more so than some of the kids going through treatment, their families get sure. enormous amount of support too, um, and that really, you know, kind of started our work with therapy dog program um you know vivian loves it to pieces she looks forward (laughs) to every wednesday um she is happy as anything going in there and uh you know in addition to that we do some individual visits as well um you know we've We've had, uh, you know, sometimes it's with families, sometimes it's with individuals, you know, through a variety of different things. Um, She's also certified through the Therapy Dogs International, so that kind of allows us to um, go beyond and go and do additional visits, um, you know, it's just sort of an additional certification. Okay. um, That that allows us to be able to do visits with individuals, um, you know, uh, beyond the scope of what uh, what Penn Vet does with their
0: particular organization. Oh, I see. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And Vivian is your first therapy dog? Is yes, that right? she is. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's, she apparently is doing very well because she has been, uh, correct me if I get the terminology wrong, she has been therapy dog ambassador for the national dog show two years in a row yeah
1: two years in a row 2012 and 2013 she has been um, um the therapy dog ambassador so she um it's been really awesome because she's been able to really put the spotlight out there on what therapy dogs do and really how amazing their work is and how healing they are um you know There's documentation showing that there's emotional healing, there's physical healing. Um, You know, she really gives people the opportunity to get their mind off of, you know, the tough stuff in life and, you know, off of treatment, off of diseases, off of all of these stressors um, and allows people to really just get to the root of that humanity and enjoy life. Um, And and to have that de-stress and to focus on something other than the things that they have to focus on to actually get that chance to really focus on what they want to and you know, they, uh, people see her and they just light up. You know, they just, it doesn't <laughs> well, matter. Well, she is pretty her, cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're eight months old, eight years old, 80 years old, it really doesn't matter. She seems to have the same effect on everybody. Oh, so.
0: uh, that's great. And it's interesting to me too, usually when you think of or hear of therapy dogs, you think of golden retrievers or, you know, uh, Labradors and Vivian's a pit bull. Right. So I personally like pit bulls a lot too. So I think it's great that she can be an ambassador for that breed as well.
1: Absolutely. And that was one of the things that was huge about um, being in the national dog show for that. Uh, I'm being honored in that way. It opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that um, we don't have to just think about therapy dogs as one particular breed. Sure. You know, it's really more about the individual and about the personality of that particular dog, whether it's something that they would enjoy um, and that they would be suited for. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even from... The very first day I met her, um, the woman that was in charge of training her trainers actually told me that, you know, she would be a perfect therapy dog, and she hopes that whoever she goes to <laughs> is, uh, you know, will we'll give her that opportunity. And at the time, I had co-directed the Vet Pets program with Penn Vet, and myself did not have a therapy dog. Sure. I just was going up for it. So it seemed like a perfect match. It was kind Isn't of
0: fate, wasn't it? it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Brought you together. Um now and you talked a little bit about how Vivian helps people, but in, in given your background um do, do we actually know like physiologically what's going on with people like when they're petting a, a a dog or a cat or or any sort of animal like what what's what's happening like why is that so calming
1: um, Well, it certainly can affect the cortisol levels, which are the stress hormones, so that helps you know it can help to regulate that. Um, there's actually been studies out there that show that um, you know being it, around a pet, um, even if it's not your own pet, um, being around animals um, uh, you know allows uh, people's heart rates to regulate, their blood pressure to, to decrease and to regulate, um, and actually even has some uh, positive effects on the immune system as well. interesting, um, you know, a- along with the obvious you know emotional and psychological benefits of it, that sometimes you know it you could have the best treatment in the world. But you have to be mentally strong enough to fight this battle again. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, it's again when things, you know, when people come out of remission, and you know, sometimes getting through it the first time, you have that, you know, um, energy to do it. And then when, if you come out of remission and kind of going through it that second time, you need a little bit of extra support to help you build up that energy and build up that strength to fight again. And Mm -hmm. it's a tough battle, but it's such an incredible accomplishment to be able to get through. And, you know, that's kind of where the therapy dogs come into play, that, you know, the, the individual who is, you know, surviving these difficulties is... Um, is used to fighting they know the technical things they need to do they know that they have to show up for treatments they know how to care for themselves they've learned all of this um, but then it comes down to that emotional level that can really make or break it so for the therapy dogs to be able to be there and be part of that process it really just gives somebody a reprieve it gives them that little bit of a break to kind of recharge emotionally and you know build up that strength again to say hey I'm gonna
0: do this mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna beat this hmm okay very very interesting um no and I know you talk a lot about dogs and obviously Vivian is a dog but are there other could other animals be therapy pets as well like birds absolutely. cats absolutely any guinea pigs there's know. really no <laughs> restriction um, okay
1: and some more, some of the therapy um, animal organizations, do certify other types of animals as well. Okay. Um, even in our Vet pets program at Penvet, we have a couple of cats that are certified, um, and you know, there's certain restrictions, you know, some places they can't visit, um, just, you know, uh, due to the dander kind of issues oh, and allergies sure, and sure. all, um, but other times they can visit, so okay. um, you know, and I've heard of people having um, you know, reptiles as therapy animals, um, okay. you know, there's been studies to show that if you have a fish tank in the house, that that's also going to help with those, you know, blood pressure oh, okay. those kind of things. Um, So, you know, it really depends on what is going to be, you know, of most benefit to that individual owner or that individual person. Okay. Um, You know, even something as simple as going to an aquarium for the day can, can really help you know, give you that little bit of a recharge and that, that sense of calm,
0: That's um, soothing, you know, I was it's a, so it's not necessarily touch because obviously you're not going to touch the fish, right?
1: I mean, touch is huge. It's a huge help, but it doesn't okay. ha- it doesn't have to be in that direction. So, okay. you know, there's definitely times that people, whether they're afraid of dogs or cats, sure. or maybe they have allergies, right. but they can't have that touch aspect. It doesn't mean they totally miss out either. It just okay. means you have to, you know, be creative and think about it in a different way. I mean, I was talking yesterday, um, to the head of our exotics department at Penn and she was um, telling me about uh, a man that has a ball python. Who wow. he is a you know a PTSD veteran, and you know the greatest asset in in his healing process has been his ball python. So that's essentially his his therapy, therapy python. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So, you know it's it, pretty cool. It, the options are really open when it comes down to it. It okay. depends on what what that individual pair is going to be. Um, you know, whoever is
0: going to benefit the most. Wow, that's that's fascinating. Um, Now I'm I'm curious. uh, So each creature, then it sounds like each type of animal would 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 the the calming or the the support would probably be pretty much the same across the species it's not like dogs do this better than cats or cats do this better or pythons do this better
1: (laughs) i I think it really depends on the individual um i think generally we tend to think therapy dog because that's sort of been the most common um you know dogs make eye contact with you you have you know multiple levels of support there you have the you know the touch you have the eye contact you have the snuggling involved (laughs) certainly um as she's sitting on my lap right now while we're talking. but you know, there's a lot of different aspects to that. There's also um, the fact that their dogs are very adaptive to the energy that other people put out. So sometimes if somebody is really going through something uh, emotionally, physically, they kind of sense it. And sometimes they become a little bit more attached during that time or they become a little bit more attentive. Like I know when, if we're visiting, uh, you know, several patients at a time, you know, Vivian makes sure she visits each one for sure. She, she definitely makes sure she allocates time to each. um, But she always tends to, it seems like she finds Whoever is kind of in the most need at that moment, and that's who she goes up to first. She just and knows. She just has a sense for it. That, okay. Um, I can't say if, I, you know, I'm sure there's other animals that do that too, but I know that the therapy dogs are definitely notorious for being able to, to sort of sense things at, at times that, you know, even when you, they know when they, you put their, their work bandana on, they kind of know they're in that therapy dog mode. Okay.
0: Right? You can kind of see yeah. the mental shift. Yeah, okay, absolutely. interesting. Now, um, what kind of training do I? And I'm going to stick with dogs because you mm-hmm. have a dog and right. you know that. Like, what kind of training does a therapy dog get? And and you as an owner, what how do you, how do you go about doing this? Um,
1: so basically, you have to be certified as a pair. So even if your dog is certified with someone else, or you're certified with a different dog, you have to individually be certified with that particular pair. Okay. Um, the best place to start would actually be the Canine Good Citizen certification. And that's something, even if your dog isn't going to be a therapy dog, it's still a great way. To go. Um, it's, a, you know, it's just a certain level of training. Um, most of the time uh, as part of any t- type of test that you would need to take uh, with your dog to make sure that they would be able to be um, a therapy dog with you, um, they would have to either pass the canine good citizen test first or sort of as part of that test, you know, that it encompasses the same thing. So yeah. that's something that people can look up online. It's either, you know, it's, it's through the American
0: Kennel Club, right? Uh, yes, AKC. It is. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um,
1: so it's the CGC, which is the canine good citizen certification, and it has right... online, you know, all of the different things that they need to do, which is basically, you know, they need to be able to sit and stay, um, leave it. If, you know, if there's something there that you want them to drop, they need to be able to drop it. Um, they need to be able to be around people, you know, regardless of their age or ability level. So, you know, from a very small child or, you know, an infant, um, to all the way up to somebody who's elderly or possibly even somebody with dementia, um, you know, they need to be able to handle being around somebody in a wheelchair or with crutches, um, okay. you know, or, or who have pr- prosthetics or maybe have, you know, uh, colostomy bags or tubes or, you know, I mean, it. the dog really needs to be able to not be phased by any of the, you know, sure. different things that we all deal with in mm-hmm. life at different mm-hmm. times. So um, they kind of test them th- for all of that through, you know, throughout just to kind of make sure that, you know, that it's going to be a good fit. Because okay. you don't want a dog to be trying to be a therapy dog that the dog doesn't enjoy it um, sure. or that they wouldn't be good at it. And, you know, there's plenty of times that you realize that a dog is just not is not good for it. They're a fantastic dog. I mean, mm-hmm. my, any other dog that I've had, I've loved them to pieces. They're amazing to me. But this is the first dog that I've had that I've truly felt like, no, she wants to be a therapy dog. She <laughs> has the ability to. And, you know, she's really a perfect match for
0: it. Okay. Okay. Um, Now, since our audience is a lot of women... Who've been diagnosed with breast cancer and their families and mm-hmm. loved ones. Um, do you have any experience specifically with that? And would you like to share that with us?
1: Absolutely, yes. Um, uh, although we've definitely visited with several people with breast cancer, um, you know, plenty of the times with our visits with the Ronald McDonald House, you know, we find out that not only is the child b- battling cancer, but oftentimes the mother has oh, had a wow. history of breast okay. cancer as well. Um, so we certainly talk about that. But on a more personal note, I did have. Um, um, you know, somebody was in my family that I was very close to that, um, you know, the immediately when she got the diagnosis of breast cancer, um, you know, she was, you know, in her early 60s, she was still, you know, a very hardworking professional, um, you know, got this diagnosis, knew she had it in the family. Um, and, you know, the day that we found out, the day that she found out, um, and she called up and, you know, I asked her, what, what can I do? You know, do you want me to come be, be there with you? You know, do you want me to come to treatments? Well, you know, just tell me whatever I can do to help, you know, let me know. And, you know, the first thing she said is I want to see the dogs. Aww. So she came over, um, you know, the, she sat on the couch and Vivian just climbed right up in her lap, laid upside down, you know, belly up and <laughs> smiled at her. And it was just Such an amazing experience that I almost couldn't even speak because it just, the connection that happened there and to be able to see this woman that I loved who just got this diagnosis, which was, you know, for someone who's normally unshakable, she was clearly pretty scared and upset um, to see her smile in such a genuine and happy way, you know, and Uh, it was really an incredible, incredible experience. And, uh, you know, that even, uh, actually, after her first um, uh, treatment of radiation, she also came over and just wanted to spend time with the dogs and just to, you know, be able to decompress. And it seemed, and it was amazing to to see that Vivian seemed to kind of know the areas that were sensitive on her body, too, that, you know, she adapted to that. And she laid in different areas that were going to be much more comfortable, you know. And, And I didn't tell her that. I didn't tell her baby you no know, don't lay there or right. lean on this breast and not right. the other you right, know? right 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 um, but it was pretty uh, amazing that she was able to sort of sense that and um you know with her gentle nature be able to be that support and that you know that snuggle buddy there um uh-huh. but also being able to be sensitive to what was going on
0: oh that's pretty amazing now and she already was a, a certified therapy dog yes. when this happened yes, she okay was. so she she was familiar with that that's pretty incredible um now, I'm wondering, too, if somebody, say somebody's just been diagnosed or if they're sick or going, you know, through any sort of rough patch and they don't have a pet, how, No, I know you mentioned, like, going to the aquarium, but is there, are there any other options that somebody can do? Like, how, like, can you make arrangements to have yeah. a therapy dog visit you in your home or do you have to go someplace? Absolutely. Or? Um, you know, while they they certainly do, you
1: know, events that are out and open to the public, Um, You know, people are certainly welcome to contact organizations directly. So um, some organizations like Therapy Dogs International or uh, Pet Partners are, you know, two great organizations that if you contact them directly and say, I live in this area, I'm looking for a therapy dog for myself or my loved one. Um, You know, we're hoping to have maybe one visit a month or what, you know, one (laughs) visit a week, whatever you're looking for, you let them know. Um, They are able to put it out to the list. We certainly get emails all the time of, hey, or somebody maybe in your area. Are you interested in visiting and how often can you do it? Um, you know, sometimes it's through the facilities themselves, um, you know, so if somebody is at an oncology center and getting treatment, they might find that, hey, you know, here comes a therapy dog walking mm-hmm. through the chemo room and where people are recovering and, you know, and just to be able to kind of distract them a little bit during that time. So um, really, whatever is going to be best for that individual. So whether it's an individual home visit um, or a visit actually during the time of getting treatment or the time of recovering from treatment while still, you know, either in or or outpatient as well. Okay. Um, so there's really a lot of options out there. And generally, um, you know, therapy dog owners are pretty adaptive too. So even if it's something that isn't already going on, you know, nobody should ever be afraid to reach out. There's just so many healing properties when it comes to having animals in your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're battling something like breast cancer, you know, it's just, it's amazing to have that buddy there with you. Sure. You know, you truly deserve to have whatever support system is going to be, Helpful for you through that difficult battle to be able to be triumphant and to be be a survivor
0: Okay, and I know some people have told us um, through our discussion boards and also on our Facebook page that um, their pets, uh, you know, they're not certified therapy pets, but just having a pet was so Supportive and just like you said gave them something else to focus on made them smile made them feel loved and really help them get through treatment.
1: Absolutely. And you know, the other thing about pets too that is so fantastic is they don't care what your appearance looks like. Okay. So, you know, sometimes when you're going through these difficult treatments, you know, some appearances change. You know, you may have to have surgeries. You may have a mastectomy. You know, you might have to have different types of reconstructive surgeries. Or, um, you know, sometimes it takes a while even, uh, you, you know, you go through physical changes of your face as well. I mean, your battle, your body is fighting this incredible battle. So um, it's really nice to have somebody in your life that, doesn't even notice any of that. That doesn't care. That no matter what you look like or how drained you may feel or Mm -hmm. how, um, you know, maybe sad or depressed or anxious you might be, when you walk in that door, that dog sees you and loves you to pieces and is not going to treat you any different whether you have hair, whether you don't have hair. Um, You know, we even had a little girl at the Ronald McDonald house that had met Vivian the first time when she had a full head of hair. A couple weeks back, we came back and her biggest concern was, do you think she's going to remember me? And so I told him, "Like, well, why don't you ask her? So she goes and sits down and says, Vivian, do you remember me? Vivian walks up to her, licks her face, <laughs> rolls off her belly up, and starts snuggling with her. And then eventually, like within about 30 seconds to a minute, sat on the little girl's lap. Aww. So I'm like, I think that's I your think answer. <laughs> she
0: remembers you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, too. There was a, what I thought was a very cute commercial. Um, it showed all these people, like one man was a bouncer at a club, and people were giving him a really hard time, and then there was a woman who was trying to hand out flyers on the street, and people kept saying, go away, go away, go away, and they then the commercial cut and they showed them all like walking in their doors and their dogs, just greeting them with this unconditional love and, Oh, you know, you're home and I'm so happy to see you. And that was, and you could just see, it was kind of the same thing. You know, they just like all the worries melted away and they were just so happy to like share that love with their pet.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's really incredible. That's, that's the thing. Pets are certainly the great equalizer.
0: Yes. Yes. Um and I had read too I know you know you said definitely um email or call the uh, therapy dog associations but is there um is there any sort of shortage of therapy dogs? Because I think I read a couple stories in the paper where they're talking about, um, I think these were hospitals, and they were saying, you know, we would have a therapy dog in here every day if we could, but yeah. there just aren't that many of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a shortage. Um, I think it's becoming more and more prevalent. I mean, it's been, that's one of the parts that I'm okay? the most excited about with the National Dog Show having added that piece to honor this, the therapy dogs because it kind of gets the word out there a little bit more that, Hey, this is an option and that this is something that we should be thinking about more. Um, and we, um, you know, (laughs) I think that it's, uh, you know, it's something that I, you know, I think it's in the recent years has been growing quite a bit. And I think, you know, it's something that I think is going to continue to grow over the next decade
0: for sure. Okay. Okay. And, um, Let's see. I guess one of my last questions is, too, now, if if somebody out there is with an organization and says, oh, wow, I would love to have a therapy dog come here. So it would be the same thing. They could go online and look for um, the groups, Therapy Dog International. Um, No, are there other, like for cats, like... If somebody wanted, to, like, are there a Therapy Cats International? Um, are there groups the, for those? Cat
1: Partners is one that Harvard's, certifies, okay. um, you know, a variety of, they they certify cats, they certify lizards, you know, okay. they, uh, you know, I've actually thought of looking into that for my leopard geckos because they're super oh, sweet and okay. love to be handled and, um, you know, they might actually make good therapy lizards. Okay. So... Um they're one organization that I know of um off the bat that certainly has uh y- you know that certainly certifies other animals as well um but you know, I think it's certainly worth doing a search and seeing out there, um, you know, individual places also have their own different programs, too, that certain hospitals might have. Oh, okay. You know, uh, you know, I know there's Hup Pups for the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. And, so
0: they actually have their um, own program. Yeah. They, okay. uh,
1: I, You know, I know up in New York, um, David Fry, the, um, the announcer for both the National Dog Show and Westminster Dog Show, he and his wife have an organization um, called Angel on a Leash, um, okay. So you know, I think depending on what area you're in, it's certainly worth doing a Google a Google search um, for therapy animals, and you know, in and putting in your area and see what comes up. Um, okay. that there's a lot more that are kind of springing up around um, obviously you know therapy dogs international and and pet partners are kind of the big ones um, mm-hmm. you know and even our program at Penn which is a little bit different because it's more of a training program we're training the the vet students who oftentimes are able to get their um, dogs additionally certified with you know with therapy dogs international because it's uh, you know a non-competing interest sure um, you know but even even through penn vet our vet pets program has expanded recently and we're looking into sort of partnering with penn life and okay. um, visiting some older adults in you know different situations as well so um, again it, this is an area that's really growing people are the more and more we study the human animal bond and we have this scientific empirical support to show that hey this this bond is you know not only does it exist but it has these truly healing properties on multiple levels that we're really only starting to scratch the surface of even though you know there's plenty of research out there to support it mm-hmm. um, so I think the more we do this kind of research um, and and continue to look into it and continue to report, our findings with it, um, you know, the more people are going to be on board with realizing that. Wait a minute, this this bond truly can be healing and can be a huge asset in somebody getting through the toughest battles
0: in their life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great! And before we go, I do I want to ask you to tell us uh, everybody a little bit about Vivian's background because she came from a special training program as well. No, was she in a shelter? Oh, um, she so she life?
1: was actually yes. She had been abused, neglected, oh. emaciated in terrible conditions, was a day away from being euthanized in the shelter. Uh, they didn't know if she'd even medically survive. Um, and then New Leash on Life USA, a prison dog organization that um, is, you know, currently runs out of Pennsylvania, but will be expanding, you know, sort of throughout the country. Um, and they have done some amazing work that they take animals from the shelter. They start with the ones that are going to be, you know, that are on the euthanasia list, mm-hmm. bring them into the prison and actually have the prisoners. Um, it's two prisoners for every one dog. Okay. The dog lives right in the cell with the prisoners. Um, and they train them to to do everything to pass their canine good citizen test. Okay. So become they become more adoptable so whether they're going to be uh, just a pet in someone's home or they're going to become a therapy dog like Vivian mm-hmm. has um, or you know they've recently started to and uh, added a piece to try to train them to become um, service dogs for th- folks who um, oh, for okay. veterans that are coming back with PTSD so um, you know but it's all sort of it starts from the same basic place of passing that canine good citizen test which they're able to do before they even come out of the prison so oh, wow. okay. you know the prison prisoners spend that's their job in the prison is to spend all day every day training these dogs to you know to behave and to sit and to stay and be potty trained and you know all of the things that they would need to be able to do in order to either be be a good pet or you know above and beyond to become a therapy dog so you know she was the first one out of their program to become ah. a therapy dog um and you know i think since then that they've they've had a few that have also gone down in that direction so oh
0: that's um, great that's great vivian you're such a good girl you yeah, are thank you. well thank you so much michelle our guest today on the podcast has been Michelle Pick from the University of Pennsylvania Vet School and her therapy dog Vivian. And thank you both so much. This has been a really great interview. I really appreciate you taking the time to come out.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's been an honor.
0: Thanks.